Hey there, and welcome to Lively Conversations brought to you by Table 112. Whether you're at the table, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope to inspire meaningful talks about life between parents and teens. We'd love for you to subscribe and share if this brings meaningful conversations into your family. With all that said, we are your hosts, the Williams family. I'm Jeremy. I'm Lexi. I'm Justice on the phone. Hey, Justice on the phone. I'm Dana. All right, so today we're talking about this big beast called complaining. And, uh, I Why do we have to talk about complaining? Ugh. I knew you guys were going to do that. <laughs> it's too easy. Here's kind of what I'm wondering from you guys today. Like, when you find something to complain about, where does that come from? Where does it originate? The lack of liking something. All right, so you don't like something, so you gripe about it. Not wanting to do something. Yeah, discontentment. Not being happy with the circumstances in which you find yourself. So dig a little deeper. Where does dig that come from? Dig a little from? deeper. Sorry. It's from Princess and the Frog. Dig a little deeper. When you decide you don't like something or you don't want to do something or you're discontent, where does that come from? I think sometimes it doesn't feel like a decision. At least for me, sometimes it feels the same way as trying to like a food that I don't like. Okay. If that makes any sense. Like you feel like there's nothing you can do to you just make that okay. Have to complain. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like if I if Dad asked me to like mow the lawn or something, like I'm not gonna like it. I can't ask you to do that anymore. Aww. That's true. So sad. Right. We need the lawn mowed, by the way. Um, <laughs> gonna have to come home, Justice. <laughs> Oops. No, but, like, our complaints come from the things that we think. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah. Truth. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so our thoughts is where our complaints originate. Every thought that we have actually physically changes the structure of your brain. Did you know that? I didn't. Like, we always think of thoughts as kind of immaterial, but the truth is, from scientific research, that your thoughts actually form pathways, physical pathways in your brain. And so the, every thought that we have actually physically changes the structure of your brain. So if your brain follows positive thoughts, you're going to grow healthy places, healthy brains, brain tissue, brain neurons, pathways. Sure. I don't brain. even know. I'm not a scientist. Brain matter. But on the other hand, if you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, then it actually makes your brain like a, like a wilted plant. It looks like that. So, my, uh, go ahead. My psychology teacher calls it pruning. Tell me more about that. Uh, so whenever you're young, your brain is kind of shapeless, if that makes sense. And then as you learn and think and all that stuff, it begins to prune, kind of like your fingers do whenever you're going underwater. Cool Those like stuff. bridges, yeah, the sure. wrinkles. So Dr. Caroline Leaf uh, actually is the one who said that, that every thought we have changes the structure of our brain. It makes a difference because our words come from our thoughts. The Bible actually tells us that, that our words and our actions are a reflection of the thoughts that we have. So you think a thought enough times and it actually starts to become a thing that you say, perhaps complaining or an action, perhaps stomping up the stairs or slamming the door or something like that. Like those things originate in our thoughts. So 
I think that if we find ourselves complaining a lot, and I've gone through seasons, Jeremy can attest to this, and I'd rather you didn't, but it's true. Um, Jeremy can attest to like in seasons where I've complained a lot, you've got to stop and you've got to look at your thought life and start to replace some of those negative thoughts. What would something that you could put in its place be? A positive thought. (laughs) Great. Can you give an example? Happy thought. A happy thought. What do you something think? to diminish, diminish the effect of it? Okay. Like, I'm asking a question. Is that what you're going to tell me? Uh, well, to diminish the effect by replacing it with a positive thought. Okay. So. Unicorns. You could think about unicorns. Or Carly. Can I get the, a shout out for unicorns, please? What, what? About, what right. about Carly the bunny? Yes. Lexi has a favorite stuffed animal. She's had it since she was like four or something. Three. Three. Okay. I think uh, a lot of times complaining is a result of not being thankful. Yep. Um, I agree. And so, you know, if you think about the things that you complain about in life, it may be, you know, you complain about the food not being to your liking. (laughs) And if you were, (laughs) chuckles the guy from the college dorm. Dorm food. (laughs) uh, In the Midwest. No offense to Midwesterners. Um, we love Midwesterners. But, uh, you know, if, if we understood what it meant to really be hungry, then we probably wouldn't complain about the way food tastes. We would just be thankful that we have food. Yeah. Um, okay. If we really knew what it was like to be thirsty or, or, or whatever, then we probably wouldn't really complain about whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. And so I think... You know, you can complain about work until you don't have a job, and then you would much rather be discontent at work than out of work. You know, that kind of thing. So so we can replace our complaints with gratitude. Gratitude. By looking for what we do have. An attitude of gratitude. I Yeah, that, that, that rings true for me. I think that there's been days where, um, you know, I've had a bad day at work or something like that, and uh, I will just sit there and start making a list of the things that I'm thankful I have in my life, and it does help to turn my griping into something more positive and just a reflection of, like, what really is there rather than what's not there. Yeah, I think that's good. I've noticed that for me, too. Have Justice and Lexi, have you guys ever noticed when you start to have a negative attitude toward something, which probably leads to complaining, have you ever noticed things that you can do to get out of that? Getting what I want. <laughs> Getting what you want. Yeah, sure. That makes me so complete. Like, I'm actually being serious, though. Yeah, no, that's sometimes, that's for real. Yes, yeah, sometimes getting what you want. But is there something you can do? Like, if, for example, you can't get what you want, like, how do you keep yourself... But before we go to that, okay. I think, I think especially since we're talking to families here, that's something that a lot of families do is someone complains and instead of you know really trying to deal with the attitude or the thoughts behind that complaint we just you know sometimes it's easier just to give your kid the the candy than it is to hear them complain when they're not supposed to have candy or something like that sure that's a silly example but that kind of idea instead of complaining we could do something to make us forget about it maybe like Going on a walk or drawing a picture or just writing something down. Turning your focus elsewhere? Yes. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes you can turn your focus toward actually helping other people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, normally when I'm in a situation like that, I just try to uh, step back and be like, why am I here? Or 
Yeah, I mean, just like kind of stepping back and trying to look at it from a different perspective. Be happy with what I'm doing or where I am or whatever. Does that mean like putting yourself in someone else's shoes? and Or what do you mean by stepping back? Yeah, that could work. I mean, I don't know, just kind of like taking a different look at the situation you're in. Yeah, I think that's a good good thought, especially when you consider this quote that I came across from Monica Johnson that says, complaining is an insult to God. What do you think about that? Why would our griping and complaining be insulting to God? It could be an insult to God because we're not being thankful for the things that he made for us. I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really have many strong feelings about that one. Sure. I think that... um, I think complaining can also show not only a lack of thankfulness, but a lack of trust. Mm, yeah. um, if we if we completely trusted that God was in control and that he was orchestrating the things that go on in our lives, then then if something bad happened to us or to someone near us, we would we would at least be able to acknowledge, hey, God, God allowed that to happen, not necessarily caused that to happen, but he allowed that to happen. And so there must be a reason that I have to go through that. There must be something for me to learn in that. And so I think that sort of attitude where we really are actively trusting God and not just saying we trust God can help lead us away from complaining. And I think complaining is really contagious. You know, if you've got a group of content people and one person starts complaining, it won't be long before everybody in the group is complaining. Mm -hmm. That's really true. I've seen that happen a lot of times. Yeah. Is there any instance where complaining is okay? If somebody is doing something wrong, then maybe it would be okay to complain to them or to somebody else to try and make them stop doing whatever it is, whether it's like bullying or breaking rules or doing something that could hurt somebody else. I mean, yeah, sometimes our complaints need an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Justice, can you think of a time on a like on a sports team where complaining would be beneficial? I mean, if you're going up a team and or going up against a team and the ref makes a crappy call, then I guess if you complain to the ref, but most of the time it doesn't do anything, so it doesn't really <laughs> do any good. If you're dissatisfied with something, what do you think about the notion that if you have a complaint, you should bring it along with a suggestion or some kind of a solution? I mean, yeah, that's what you need to do. That's what. So if you call someone, if a coach calls you out and not given 110%, whatever, you know, it's not possible, but I won't get into that. If a coach complains at you for not giving 100% and just leaves it at that, he hasn't, like, given you anything to like work on if you have something if you have like an issue with somebody else you need to give them something that they can like do different it's complaining if we don't take that to the person that is part of the solution if i take that to someone else that's complaining if i take it to that person and politely and constructively encourage them to do better then that's something that's that's positive and constructive so I think, I think we can have those feelings of something not working right, but yeah, we need to do the right thing with it. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Don't complain. That's by Maya Angelou.
As we get ready to turn over the lively conversation to you and your family, consider Paul's words to the Philippians where he tells us just how much not complaining can make us stand out in a crowd. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world of crooked and perverse people. With that in mind, here's this week's big question for you to discuss together. When do you most often find yourself complaining? Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Toodles. Let's get it.